Welcome, everybody. It's time once again to uh, grab your board and swim out into the ocean. See if you can catch that wave that we call the sales pipeline as it's starting to crest with your host, Matt Hines. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. I, you know, I told, uh, I saw a picture this morning on Facebook that said you showed you riding into your uh, studio on a horse here. I don't know if that was inspired by anything, but that sounds awesome. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, we're we're about to 2017 is about to crest. I cannot believe it is Can mid December. It? Yeah. It's ridiculous. This year has gone incredibly fast. And I think you know, for those of you that are uh, on a calendar fiscal year, you know, this is the end of the year. It's the end of the month. It's the end of the quarter. Don't mean to scare you, but um, you know, time's a wasting. Time to sort of. Ride that crest and get a few more deals closed and then go enjoy some time with your family for the holidays. But before we do that, we've got a couple more episodes here on Sales Pipeline Radio. We're going to get in the can. Uh, we are coming up on our 100th episode of Sales Pipeline Radio in just a couple weeks. Can't believe it's been that many. Paul, we've done this now for two, almost two years. Amazing. and uh it's been a ride. It's you know what good. I? You know what amazes me is I go in and check your feed from time to time because we obviously do it live and then we turn it into a podcast. And where we mm-hmm. store those podcasts, every time I open it up, there's ten, twenty people that are now suddenly following you. I mean, it's crazy. You you yeah. definitely hit a nerve here. It's amazing. I mean, it's um, it's very humbling to see our see our traffic, to see the the, the people that are downloading episodes. Uh, you can get us. We are live here on the Sales Pipeline Radio uh, Network at eleven thirty Pacific, two thirty Eastern every Thursday. Uh, we are we have uh, people that are increasingly listening to us live. So thank you very much for doing that. We're also available on the podcast. You can catch us on Apple, uh, the iTunes Store, as well as Google Play. Uh, all of our uh, episodes are available up there, and then at salespipelineradio.com, every past, present, and future episode available on demand at Sales Pipeline Radio. And the, yeah, the downloads that we're getting, the subscriptions volume that we're getting, yeah, it's it's been really exciting. And I think you know, we it, it's not it's it's certainly not me, Paul. It's I don't think it's you either. It's we we are. I thought it was I, me. I, I did think uh, it was. It, I thought it, I had it's something. It's a little to bit it. you. It's a little bit you. But mostly, it's the guests that we get. Yes, it's, that's it's, true. It's the great minds like sales today. Yeah, like today. Just like today. Today is no different. Uh, really, really excited to have with us today, Mark Godley. He's the president of Lead Genius, and we're going to spend some time today talking about data, talking about lists, talking about leads in B2B. But first and foremost, uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. Guys, thanks for having me. Those are uh, high expectations. I hope I don't disappoint anybody. No, you're going to be great. We're going to, we'll, uh, we'll be gentle. I, 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 I want to start <laughs> just by talking a little bit about, about data in B2B, right? And I think that, you know, it's easy for a lot of people to think that this is a bit of a commodity, but I think as you well know, data is anything but in B2B. What's going on with data today? What's the landscape in B2B look like as we kind of finish 2017, head into the new year? Um, and why is it so important to have a smarter, more advanced data strategy for your B2B sales and marketing efforts? I, I think it's a fantastic time to be in B2B because of uh, what's happening with data. You know, I think uh, for, for, for the graybeards listening, of which I am proudly one of them, you, know, you go back 10 years ago and there was a paucity of data. You know, data was, uh, was, was uh, very difficult to find. And, and because of the, the computers uh, we're carrying around in our pockets and listening to this podcast on, We've gone from scarcity to uh, abundance, and um, what's happening in particular in B2B is uh, it's paralleling um, the B2C world where, as individual consumers, we're being tracked every credit card swipe, every text, every phone call, and I personally enjoy that because it allows marketers to be very directed to me as a buyer and 
and um, and and uh, you know I don't see that as an invasion of privacy. Quite the opposite. In in the B two B brethren in the marketing side is saying, I want that level of targeting. I want to do you know targeting uh, precision targeting at scale. And so data vendors, um, you know, again, ten years ago, a company would have a single vendor strategy. I use Jigsaw. I use Net Prospects. Uh, you know, these are companies that aren't, aren't around anymore. But now you ask someone about their data strategy, and they'll rattle off a half dozen companies that they're using. And I think that's just absolutely fantastic. So there's a lot of confusion and, and I think even intimidation among B2B buyers when it comes to data. Uh, there are a lot of choices. They aren't mutually exclusive. There are a lot of crappy data providers out there. And I think that even if you assume that even if you, you know, buy into the data that says, you know, the typical B2B database, you know, deteriorates at a rate of two to three to three, two, three percent per month. Um, so you got to do something to continue to maintain. You know, what are you doing? What, what, what should B2B buyers and B2B marketers be doing to evaluate new data sources and ensure that they're not getting in bed with someone that's going to give them garbage, that's going to sully their reputation, that's going to, you know, have their, you know, make their campaigns uh, perform uh, less, less optimally. Like what, what is the decision-making sort of the research process people should be looking at? Well, I think, uh, I think people have to be very prescriptive in their evaluation process and buy through sampling of data and putting a vendor through the paces. I actually believe on my LinkedIn profile there's a, there's a, a, a very long um, piece that speaks about five to six things, speaks about four or five uh, things someone can do around this uh, exact topic. But I think really what it comes down to is test every boast and claim made by a, a data vendor um, and sample data. When you sample data, um, don't just uh, let the data vendor provide to you what they want, but start with a seed list is a good example. So if you're asking for, you know, I want to know, you know, CFOs uh, in uh, the UK at uh, healthcare companies, you know, be very directive in what you're asking of them. You know, even go so far as to say, you know, give them lists of companies you want them to append data to. Um, by doing that, you're going to make sure that they have data that is specific to your subset of the market that is important. The, the other thing I'd like to say, besides buying a little bit better, is um, I think data vendors, uh, I'm hoping that um, data vendors will um, start to bring more clarity to the marketplace uh, in talking about exactly what they do, what they don't do, and what they're used for. Um, I think too many data vendors are muddying the waters by talking in generalities, um, and we're making it much tougher for buyers because everyone sounds the same. Yeah, I think that you know the, a level of clarity uh, and direction certainly will help people significantly in that process. Talking today to Mark Godley, he's the president of Lead Genius. Uh, Lead Genius doing some pretty amazing work in the custom B two B contact and account data space. And you know, as we as we think about sort of the need for greater depth, greater insight, more buying signals and triggers and attributes of companies that are more likely to want to engage, more likely to be receptive to our message, it makes me think about the uh, you know account based marketing. Uh, efforts a lot of companies have been going through. I, I feel like we're we're kind of getting 
a little bit out of maybe the hashtag ABM frothiness phase and now into the, like, how do we actually implement this? Uh, what are you seeing in the market? And I know that you guys work with a lot of companies that are doing target account selling, doing account-based marketing efforts. How do you see this initiative kind of evolving into 2018? Yeah, I, I think the, the ABM uh, wave and hype definitely is starting to settle down and we're getting into, you know, the enlightenment uh, portion of things. You know, it, you know, ABM has been around for decades, and, and really, if I were to boil down ABM, I, I really see it as uh, effective, you know, addressable market uh, analysis. And every company wants to believe they're a billion-dollar unicorn. Every company wants to believe that, you know, everyone with a pulse is a buyer. But the reality is that's usually not the case. And mm-hmm. so what I see companies doing is getting very – specific and realistic about, you know, what is a buyer, uh, a qualified buyer for them? What is the company profile? What is the, the person profile? And that may mean your, your target market is less than what you told your investors or, or, or uh, you, know, what, you know, what is ideal for you to hit your number. But if you can get realistic about who is your buyer at the person and company level, I think that's the first step. And frankly, I think buyers, you know, uh, not only are companies and marketers and sales reps getting a little bit numb to ABM, I think buyers are um, really getting angry, uh, and rightfully so, because it has become so easy uh, because of these sophisticated MarTech and sales sales, uh, tech stacks to reach out to anybody for any reason. You know, I think buyers uh, are, are finding it challenging to figure out who to engage with, um, mm-hmm. you know, based on based on their voicemails and their their cell phone ringing and, and emails. So I think we could do everybody in the whole ecosystem a favor if we were just more realistic on all of these points. I agree with that. I, I think that you know we're definitely seeing a trend of you know the buying committees inside large organizations getting bigger. Uh, the effort to buy from those individuals and from those companies is getting more difficult. Uh, it's getting more frustrating. And I think, you know, there's a theme in this conversation so far of providing guidance to the buyers, providing a clearer yeah. path to how they should be moving forward, uh, making it easier for them to to engage. Uh, Mark, we're going to have to take a quick break here, pay some bills. i got a lot more questions for you to talk a little bit about data. I want to talk about, you know, we referenced sort of this being the end of the month, end of the quarter, end of the year, going into next year. You know, as a resident, as a relatively new leader at uh, Lead Genius, I want to sort of get your insights and where, you know, where this is all going. We'll be right back with a lot more with Mark Godley, the president of Lead Genius. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today? to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. 
why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, let's pick it back up with a couple of certified uh, lead geniuses. Uh, Matt, oh <laughs> That was too. That was too easy. Look at that. <laughs> that was an easy. One. Uh, my goodness, your flattery will get you everywhere, Paul. I promise. So, hey, well, thanks everyone for coming back to uh, Sales Pipeline Radio. If you like what we're talking about here today, want to share this with your colleagues, definitely make sure you go to salespipelineradio.com, download the on-demand version that we'll have up in a couple days, and subscribe to every future episode on Google, uh, Google Play, and iTunes Store. I, I, I think, Mark, that. You know, data, you know, is something that's for too many companies is an afterthought. You know, you collect it and then you sort of have it in the list and you don't do a lot with it. But I I think dirty data, dirty, you know, dirty data and lack of data management, data maintenance and a data strategy can really be the silent killer of good marketing and sales campaigns. Like it can be that, you know, if you're looking at your open rates and your click rates and, you know, looking at performance at the, at the, at the bottom of the campaign, but aren't looking at what's going into it, not only having the right people and the right information, but targeting the right people for the right reasons, uh, you know, if that that's the foundation. That's what everything is built off of. And I don't care how good your creative is or your offer is, if you don't have the right data strategy, uh, you're 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 not going to be very successful. So what what do you recommend people do as they're looking at 2018? Like how should people think about their data strategy and and, and the modern data stack as part of that? Yeah, well, I, I think what you just said, what you ended on this concept of the data stack, I, I think is uh, is really important. I think um, you know as data has become more abundant, some um, you know some people have gotten overly ambitious and created a lot of complexity by by bringing on too many vendors, and others have been sitting back trying to figure out you know what should they add to a, a relatively um, you know simplistic strategy. What I would recommend is. You know, go back over the last year or two. Look at you know, look at your look at your bookings. Um, you know, look at your efforts. You know, do some analytics on where you're getting the best return. And then it's just you know, you know, I, I think it's basic um, persona-driven approach uh, where you um, try to replicate your wins and minimize your losses. And 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 how can data help you in that regard? And that data could it doesn't necessarily have to be through a third-party den- uh, vendor. I mean, there's a lot of first-party data uh, siloed within companies that if you can understand how to utilize it um, for upsell, cross-sell, or take a look at uh, anonymous web traffic or partial form fill, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do to start to understand um, people's buyer buyer's journey better. And then once you've done that with internal data, is are there third-party vendors that have specialty data that you can bolt on to fill in some white space to allow you to be more prescriptive and honestly not necessarily build a bigger pipeline, but get much better conversion and throughput um, for the companies you are targeting and trying to, to, uh, to, to get on that pipeline. So, Mark, you've been doing this for a while, and I'm not saying that to call you old, but I mean that you, you know, you've had, you've led sales teams at companies like ADP. You've been CEO. You've done, you've done this a lot. And as we look at, as, as you look at the end of this year and look at going into next year, um, you know, it's, it's, we're recording this at on December 14th, so almost halfway through December. Couple questions. One, what do people do to sort of stay in the game and stay sharp in? 
uh, the last part of December. Like people, it, you know, it's not like everyone's going away. You know, there's plenty of people still working, plenty of opportunities. So how do you help people stay disciplined for that? And then how do you recommend companies really hit the ground running on January 2nd so they're not immediately caught, caught behind and flat-footed? Yeah, so first, as far as on an individual basis, you know, anybody listening to this podcast I think is way ahead of the game because uh, anyone listening to this podcast is someone that invests in themselves uh, it's someone that has found thought leaders such as uh, yourself, Matt, and I would recommend, uh, you know, find a half dozen people at my, at, like Matt Hine, <clears throat> Matt Hine and others that you can uh, learn from. Um, so whether it's Twitter feeds or LinkedIn connections or flip, using Flipboard, you know, just like there's a ton of data out there, um, there's a ton uh, of ways for as us as individuals for us to stay current. And, you know, I will say personally, I start my business day, um, uh, you know, not looking at email, but I start my business day with about a half hour of, you know, what happened in the last 24 hours, what happened overnight, how does it impact me, uh, and I do that through using various social feeds and RSS feeds uh, and blog posts to uh, to try to stay current. And, and I think, it, it also starts with a commitment to being a domain expert. You know, all of us want to be great salespeople and drive revenue, but really rather than selling, um, I'm a big believer in helping people buy. And the way you do that is, become, is by becoming a trusted advisor, by being an expert not just in your company, but in the space and in, 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 in the landscape in which you sit. Um, as far as a company, what can a company do, uh, you know, going into 2018? I'm a huge fan in, in what I call the vital few metrics, um, which are one of the true levers of a company's measurement of success or failure. Like vanity metrics and beautiful graphs and dashboards and Tableau, you know, um, uh, charts, they're, they're eye candy. But at the end of the day, you can most often um, boil a business down to no more than a half dozen metrics, you know, whether it's whether it's cash flow, whether it's number of logos, whether it's, uh, you, know, whether, you know, whether it's uh, gross margin, you know, whether it's velocity of sale, you know, there, you know, there's a whole bunch of different metrics one can use. Whenever I, and I've spent the last decade in the startup world, let me first of all say that, and whenever I come into a new organization, what, what I try to do is get the senior team, and the senior team is not just the senior staff, um, you know, it's also the investors in the company, all behind what, not only what are our goals, but how are we going to measure if we're really succeeding or not. And if you start with that premise and if you get everyone uh, focused on the three or four things uh, that really will, will uh, you know, those are the dials of, of the growth of the company, I think you can, uh, you, know, you, can, you can do great things. That's great, great advice. I love both those perspectives, both for the personal as well as the company perspective. Also, want to ask you about. I mean, you're so you, in addition to leading the the lead genius team, you are an advisor to a number of companies, especially a lot of startup companies. Uh, t- talk a little bit about your decision to to do that. I mean, that that takes a fair amount of time, but I I find that people that do what you're doing tend to be a combination of curious and generous. What's the thought process for that for you? And then how, what kind of a, a rec- uh, sort of advice would you give other executives, other leaders that are looking for ways to sort of help and impact other companies? Well, I do find that I am uh, voraciously curious, you know, not just about the business world, but about 
you know, uh, the, the world with a big W, and certainly within where I've chosen to make a career, which is in kind of the sales tech, martech, data, CRM extended space, you know, as I said a little bit earlier, it's just a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, there's so much innovation happening. And, um, you know, I didn't start down the road 10 years ago of saying, you know, I want to run a company and, and you know, be an advisor of, of organizations. What I did is, is, is um, you know, tried to take a look at where is the big arc going um, in the way people buy and sell and what are those macro uh, trends and then tried to find employment that would have me with those wins at my back. As far as advi- specific to advisory roles, th- that's happened very organically by just trying to be well-connected, well-educated to the point of uh, sharpening the saw and staying uh, a domain expert and trusted advisor. I've just been lucky enough to develop relationships um, of meaning um, with other vendors and with, with customers. Um, so for years, I would get phone calls, people saying, hey, Mark, uh, you know, I, I don't want to buy, you know, name the company you're working for right now, but I know you know a lot about this space. Can you help me out? And to your point about generosity, you know, I just believe in putting goodness in the world. I, I just developed a bit of a re- reputation of um, having a lot of opinions that were inexpensive, most of which were valuable, not all of them. And, um, you know, that kind of just morphed into, into people asking me to be formally associated with their companies um, to help them, help them grow and, and go, go to market with something of meaning. Now, when you do that, you got to make sure that you're not creating conflicts of interest. You've got to make sure that you disclose um, in any conversations, you know, who you're affiliated because you don't want to um, inadvertently create the impression of, of bias or, or self-serving. So as long as you can go into these relationships, you know, with transparency, uh, I, I think it works out well for, for everyone. I love it. Hey, we're wrapping up here with Mark Godley. He's the president of Lead Genius. Just a couple minutes to go. And, you know, you, earlier you recommended people seek out people they can learn from, uh, you know, taking the time to learn, but also seeking people out. Uh, who are the people that you seek out? Who are the people that you have found over the years as a as a sales and marketing executive, as a leader, uh, that are the, the, the people that have been really instructive for you? It could be peers. It could be mentors. It could be authors, speakers, uh, anybody. Who are some of the people that you would highlight on that? Oh gosh! Wow, uh, you know um, a lot of a lot of the folks that I I uh, seek out are personal friends and confidants that that don't really have any kind of national followings or, or any kind of social media presence. Um, you know, it's people that I've worked for or have worked for me. So I probably one or two days a week uh, am face to face with with people sharing my problems and troubles and 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 seeking advice from from very intimate relationships. So, you know, if I were to list four or five people, you know, no one on these call or, or listening to this podcast would have heard from them. And I would encourage people to, um, to replicate that. I, I also, um, you know, as far as why I seek inspiration, a lot of my interests are um, totally outside the business world. So, you know, rather than following the, the Elon Musk's of the world and the, and the Mark Zuckerberg's of the world, you know, I really find myself reading a ton and following a ton of people in totally different disciplines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And surprisingly, I find a lot of parallels. 
um, and, and a lot of, um, of uh, refreshing perspective that I bring into the business world. Uh, I think I may have answered a different question, Matt, if you want to re-ask it, but maybe some of that was helpful. No, I, th- I think it's good feedback, and I think uh, you know what I take away from that is you know to, for people to prioritize you know building relationships with with uh, with people that can be mentors, that can be someone you can re- you know, work with on a regular basis, and and to be well rounded uh, to uh, to find sources of information and inspiration uh, outside of your specific area of, of work. But well, we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately. Uh, always run out of time way too fast. But want to thank again our guests. Uh, very generous with his time, Mark Godley. He's the CEO of Lead Genius. You can check him out online. I definitely encourage you to learn more about uh, what your data stack and your data strategy should be in 2018 at leadgenius.com. they got a lot of great information. They've got uh, some great best practice guides and great content that can help make you, help educate you on the space as well. If you like this episode and you want to check it out again, you'll find it on demand at salespipelineradio.com. In a couple of days, we'll also have a highlighted uh, Q&A from this conversation with Mark Godley on our blog at heinzmarketing.com. Thanks again for listening very much. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks again for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Right here, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing. Right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.